I'm Maddie. I'm Gary Oak. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, it's my rival, Gary Oak. That's right. I'm here to tell you which Pokemon and X-Men are better than you. (laughs) Wolverine, Kitty Pryde. Emma Frost. Okay, Gary Oak uses shitty Pokemon, though. He'd be like... He does. He... he. I don't even know what he would use. Well, I, there are no shitty X-Men, so what are we supposed to do here? Like, I I don't know. You... I, I mean, characters that don't do anything useful. Characters that don't have good powers. I feel like that's like characters we never really hear There's about. There's a mutant, I forget his name, which is hilarious because that's literally his power, is his mutant powers that people forget who he is when they look that's away amazing. from him. I forget what, I mean, he's in. That's a cool power. I'm going to look it up because I forget what his name is. Which so is, he could be like a super spy. How hilarious is it that I don't remember? I know, that actually is really hilarious. Anyway, welcome to the Mutant Ages, a show where we watch every adaptation of the X-Men. And uh, this week we're reading Listener Mail uh, because we just finished the X-Men anime. Back when we were young, we experienced a change. Okay, his name is Forget Me Not. Perfect name. He was from the pages of Runaways. Uh, the former X-Man is a mutant with the power to uh, imperceptibility, which means that when he is not in the direct view of a person, they immediately forget he exists, which is hilarious. I love that. Because he came back in Legion of X and mm-hmm. was working with them. And it's kind of funny because they're like, okay, since nobody can remember you, we need you to be a spy for us. But then they couldn't remember yeah. that they like assigned him to be a spy. And they're like, wait, how did you get this information? <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> I like that. That guy's power is honestly really depressing because he would have no friends ever. I know. It is really depressing. I mean, I don't I think it's hilarious that I also forgot yep. who he was. Yeah, that's perfect. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, he's Gary Oak. Nobody forgot Gary Oak, though. Everybody remembers him. Nobody nobody can forget Gary Oak because Gary will show up every five minutes and be like, hey, hey I'm, I'm Gary. I'm definitely straight. That's why I have so much pussy around me. And we're like, okay, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> like, whatever. Okay, why? All right. Let's do some listener questions. You know what? I we? had to distract ourselves with some nonsense that wasn't knuckles the echidna for once so yeah we needed we needed to take a little break from knuckles because we've been mentioning knuckles too much and even knuckles is like it's getting weird guys like we needed to do something else knuckles is busy looking for the master emerald he does not he have, have time, time for the he doesn't have time ages. for us but gary oak has nothing but time. that's right gary oak failed at his mission that's why uh-huh in life yep 
I don't know why I'm talking about Pokemon. I did not play Pokemon recently or watch the TV Neither show. Neither of us slept before this episode is the answer to that. Yeah, but like whenever we have these wild tangents that go way off the mark from the mutant age, it's, it's because one, we're tired and B, because we have just recently experienced a piece of media again. Like I was going on about Ghostface when I was rewatching all of Scream, you know, like I just, I don't know. I don't know where Gary Oak is coming from right now. I think it's a sign that you need to be playing Pokemon again right now. I probably do need to be playing Pokemon. I have not played the new one that is like super glitched out though. There's two new ones. Yeah. There's Arceus and then there's... No, I'm talking about the one that's supposed to be like in modern time, not Arceus. Oh, Scarlet Violet? Yeah, the one that is like infamously bad right now. Yeah, the one people (laughs) don't like. (laughs) Yeah, gotta play that one, guys. gotta (laughs) check it out. (laughs) All right, Anyway, what we do need to check out our X-Men Is the listener mailbag! Yeah, and that. This is a good time to do some listener mail because it's funny i think the last time we did one was only like 12 episodes ago usually it goes longer because we have to like Mm -hmm. well because we only watched a season i mean we're kind of we've kind of settled into this pretty good schedule i think of season of tv listener feedback part of a live action movie second part of the live action movie we've divided those into two episodes and then we go back and do another season of tv and like unless i come up with finally we've kind of come up with a a thing to do that makes fucking sense (laughs) and we're we're sticking you never know which means we'll immediately change it again and invent six more segments (laughs) and like make the show way harder for ourselves no more segments i i do introduce new ideas because you never know if i'm like hey do you want to read this script where we're all the golden girls within the mojo verse that's true mutant vision did have Happen. Also, the Christmas special, which I do think. Oh no, that was we amazing. Can do more. I think we need to okay, do that every listeners, year. That's a new idea. Let the listeners know every, every year. I was actually thinking more frequently than that. I didn't mean not all the time, but if our listeners, please write in and you can join the Discord and tell us what you think too. But if you guys enjoyed us doing like the the, the reading, the reading of, of a, a comic, comic book, yeah, that is a great way to get the whole cast of mutant ages together to do something. Also, fun. it was I really fun, is... and I listened to that episode like five times on my own time oh my because God. of how much I Me loved too. it. So yeah, that's I what I'm saying. Do we care what the listeners? Like we do, but I do. It's important. <laughs> we love. I mean, it. yes, always do you because that's the most important thing is to take care of yourself. Of course, and like, but you know, we also want to entertain you, all of you. Yeah, our listeners are important. So pop into that Discord, which you can find at themutantages dot com. Mm-hmm. There's a little linky over there. There is a little linky, Mister Linky Dinky. <laughs> Linky Dinky, another character along with Mrs. Necklace, Cloaky, and Pluggy, we have Miss <laughs> Mr. Linky Dinky. <laughs> I'm sorry, everyone. I have not slept because I haven't either. It's I Easter weekend as we record Tuesday. this. I've it's done Sunday. roughly six thousand family commitments per nanosecond. <laughs> I'm so tired. All right. Okay. Well, let's get on track. Drink a little coffee, mm-hmm. which I did not make before this, which is stupid. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> That's fine. Should we stop real no, quick so I can Ryan, go? No, <laughs> Brian, we need to do this. <laughs> okay. All right. So I'm going to open up the first one here. Okay, Who great. comes from Kurt Jones. I, if I remember correctly, Kurt Jones is like a bunch of different people, maybe. I don't remember if that's the same Kurt. Uh, there's multiple Kurts who have written into us. Mm-hmm. Kurt writes... Hello, it's Kurt, and me and my friends recently got the Marvel Voices Pride. We were wondering if you were invited to do, if if we were invited, like you and me, Maddie, to do a story for the Marvel Voices Pride, which characters would you write about 
and why. Oh. Thank you, guys. We love your show. Okay, they did say we, so that is the group of them. Love it. Okay, so I would write about Wolverine and Sabretooth. I was thinking about that in the shower this morning. I like... <laughs> That sounds very sexy, doesn't it? But I, okay, so you know how when you're in the shower, you're just spacing out. For some reason, I was so tired today that I just like sort of entered this reverie where I was going to write the Weapon X TV show, which we talk about all the time on here, like as though it's a real show. That that you would write the Weapon X TV show? And I just was like, I was thinking to myself about it a lot. And I was like, how would I set it up? Who would I cast? And I like got so far into the reverie that I almost was getting like stressed out. Do you know what I'm talking about? Because I was like, oh my God, I have so much to do. Like, I have so much to prepare for the Weapon X TV show. And then I had to like step out of it and be like, Maddie, this is not real. Do you ever do that where you like kind of enter a fantasy and then you're like convincing yourself it's real? I don't know. It's, it's. I'm going to enter a fantasy, but it doesn't usually stress me out. Eventually I'm like, okay. Well, stress is a strong word. I, I just like got really into it and was like imagining that I was really working on this television show. And then I had to be like, I'm not doing that. That's not real. Yeah, but if you embody <laughs> that you're working on this television show, yeah, then, maybe I then will you can be. manifest it in real life. I think right? that would be a fun storyline, though. I, I I love the idea of those two having a past that neither of them can quite remember, but where they were lovers. <laughs> the past is that they fucked and that they forgot. Yeah, well, but they were in love with each other and that they keep piecing together that past and still fighting with each other. Like, I just think that's really cool as a concept. And you could do kind of like a memento style film technique where like things are told out of order and like revealed in weird ways. And like, you're never sure what really happened because Weapon X kept brainwashing them. I don't know. I just think that'd be cool. I mean, I think it would be cool for those characters to finally canonically be out as bisexual. That'd be great. Absolutely. And also to finally explain what the fuck is going on between the two of them. (laughs) Okay. It's hilarious, Maddie, because you say that because it literally still has not been it explained. hasn't been explained <laughs> so what what are the two characters you would pick as your characters that you'd want to write about or out canonically? oh my god okay so i thought about this probably nightcrawler I'm, am i calling it you really want to out nightcrawler and you have for so long i do but like uh, realistically i was like okay i thought about this and i was like okay i don't know if i'd write about any characters that are already out because I feel like they're getting that time. Well, I mean, same. I obviously chose two characters that will probably yeah. never be out it. <laughs> Although, I don't know. I don't know if they put Kate Pride in the most recent loan, which it's stupid because her name, her name is Pride. I know. It's really easy to work with that. Like, literally. Yeah, Pride for Pride. I know. Chris Claremont invents a character who, who is, is like, queer, literally. Is supposed to be queer from the beginning. <laughs> last name names cool. her Pride. Like, <laughs> she finally kisses a girl in a relatively recent comic. They still can't make it happen. Come on. I know. Seriously. Uh, yeah, so I do think it would be fun to out Kurt and Logan. If, yes. But, like, that's actually not the choice I was going for. Okay. I was actually going to say... Can we just fucking do the story where Gambit finally seduces men? Mm, Like, that was a huge piece of Marvel history that did not happen. So it needs to be a flashback, obviously, because it's prior to Rogue and Gambit's lovely marriage. Unless unless him and Rogue do a whole swinger thing and Rogue also gets to be a disaster bisexual. I mean, I think that would be fun. I think that would be fun for the two of them. But I also, I'm guessing the story you want to tell is like young Gambit 
being a scammer on the streets of New Orleans, right. being a sexy magician and playing three card Monty on the street and yeah. meeting hookups and stuff and then stealing their stuff, like hooking up with rich boys. Okay, but then accidentally like falling in love yeah. with one Catwoman and Bruce Wayne style. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I would love that. Come on. That would be such a fun storyline. And you could also do like a heist thing with Gambit where he like falls in love with a rich guy and then he wants to like steal from him, but then he falls in love with him and he's like, oh, I got to put this back i don't know there's so many different places you could go with it's like a one-shot yeah. romance for him exactly i mean like really he is the Catwoman to like any counterpart so he's like such a Catwoman. i mean i still love the Catwoman batman comparison we did for rogue and gambit in x-men evolution with the episode where they go to mardi gras where gambit like kidnapped her and then was like i'm just gonna <laughs> untie you because like we're both into this anyway and she's like i'm mad at you but like i'm, I'm not gonna leave anyway <laughs> That was so oh fun. <laughs> that show was so good. Nailed those characters. Yeah, God, it was so fun. Is there anybody else you would pick, or is that your top pick is Logan and Sabretooth because it's hot on your brain? I mean, you're kind of convincing me on Kate Pride. I feel like they really need to enlist somebody to have her come out of the closet. So call me Marvel. Um, happy to do it. Well, she's already out. She's there. You know what I'm we just saying, need to get though. her like, a girlfriend. She needs, she needs to, you know, really get out there. Beyond just some some casual kisses in a tattoo parlor, she needs to, like, be going to the bars. Yeah, well, her and Magic need to finally hook up, right? Oh, my her God. and Ileana. I would love to write that story. I really I really thought it was going to be her and Rachel and Krakoa. So me was, too. I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised that it was Betsy and yeah, Rachel. Yeah, Betsy and Rachel makes finally get Rachel out of the closet. Rachel has obviously been a lesbian since they invented her. I know. I mean, look (laughs) at that haircut. But I I just, I don't know. I feel like Kate and Ileana were meant to be. Like, it's what Chris Claremont always wanted. It's what the fans always wanted. And writing that friends to lovers story yeah it's so romantic every time where it's like oh we've known each other forever and we've always kind of had a thing for each other but like neither of us was out or neither of us knew how to bring this up like that's fun to write like that's classic tension i don't know i just think it would be really cool to read that finally happening for them me too i i'm here for it obviously kurt and logan another good pairing but i'm sticking to gambit as my top my top story. I think Gambit's a great choice. He's so close anyway. It's another example of a character where like in certain canons, he's just been depicted as out and by like in, was it evolution that we watched or no, it was Wolverine and the X-Men where he was checking out the men in the bar. And like, they talked about how they wanted him to be doing that, but like they couldn't actually have it be canon. Do you, do you remember? What no, scene that I'm was X-Men about? evolution. Oh, okay, of course, that was yeah. the same episode with the Mardi Gras where a dude walked by and he checked that dude out and Rogue was like talking to him it's and he's like, so... I'm sorry, what? And even in, <laughs> even in X-Men Origins Wolverine, where we were talking about how like Gambit's the best part of that movie, like he seems so flirty with Logan and like all the other characters. Yeah. It's like, just make it can like just put it in you know yeah like him honestly him and logan deserve to come out as by they that's do. kind of like they a good really, idea. i really also do. i'm gonna have to throw this out there but i think a fun story would be sort of the storm and callisto oh my god i mean at this point they are no longer rivals they're very much friends and like i know i don't know i'm but, I think but, but like a, a flashback episode <laughs> where like the two of them have like a problematic like we're physically fighting each other but also occasionally making out angrily 
Like, you know, like yeah. that's that's very much the Storm and Callisto <laughs> thing. Or um Or Storm and what is it? Yukio? Yukio. Is that the, yeah. Yes. I mean right? we were talking about X-Men ninety seven so much and we're like, oh my god, Mohawk Storm. Are we gonna get queer storm? I know. We're gonna get I that's the crazy part. This is the craziest part of X-Men ninety seven. Yeah, I know. Right? It's like, because like when it first came out. It was like the early 90s. I know. And obviously the showrunners were pro Of course, LGBTQ and it's all based on Chris Claremont's stories yeah, that were right? queer as well, as far as they could be within the comics code. But couldn't say that. Now we have like TV shows where like most of the cast can be gay. I know. It's like, I don't know how different it's going to be. Are Magneto and Professor X going to be canonically dating? We don't know. <laughs> no, because Xavier's like dead in space somewhere. Yeah, Xavier's somewhere, with fucking with Lilandra. Lilandra. Yeah, right. Which he should stay there. I know he's going to come back within like an episode, but I don't want to talk about yeah, it. Probably, I think he's going to come back at the end of season one. Me too. So we'll at least have like multiple episodes without him. We can fucking hope. Ryan, I don't know if it's going to take that long. I'm worried. I want I want a full season of Magneto running the team, but I don't know if we're going to get that. So I we'll see. We'll see what happens. I guess you're right. You're right. All right. So let's move on. Okay. We have a three-parter email here from Elena. Oh, I love the three-part emails from Elena. Okay, great. Yeah, I'm going to have you read the first piece, okay, which I'm cool. sending over to you. All and right. then we have a couple of other pieces where like some there follow-ups. are images involved. Yeah. Okay, so. cool, cool, cool. Yeah. So Elena writes, hello, mutant friends. I was unexpectedly touched by Emma Frost and Storm's conversation with Hisako about the existential aspects of being a mutant in episode five, Power Unity. I know you both are mentally ill and I am as well. And I've often felt stricken apart from my peers because of this. I see them being able to live quote unquote normal lives while I am unable to due to my mental and physical illnesses. I wondered what putting mentally ill in the dialogue instead of mutant would do. So here it is. Storm. When I first realized I was mentally ill, I honestly didn't know what to make of it. It could have gone badly if I hadn't met Charles. Well, I was lucky. He taught me how to know my own heart, to really own my mental illness. There's no doubt that mentally ill people are different from non-mentally ill people, but every one of us has a heart. We try to bridge those hearts. I'm extremely proud of everything I've managed to achieve with the help of my mentally ill peers. Hisako. That's great if you want it, but I'm not so sure I do. I just want my life to be normal. Storm, you'd be closing the book on the person you were meant to be. Emma, she's right. You can't hide from the truth. If you do, you'll never learn to master your mental illness. Instead, it'll master you. Even if you had chosen otherwise, the fact remains that you were born mentally ill. Like it or not, you can't run away from fate. You have to accept who you are. You have to be brave and show the courage I know is in you. And that's the end of the scene. And Elena writes, in this context, it's two mentally ill adults consoling a newly diagnosed young person and saying that their life isn't over just because they're mentally ill. They'll learn how to live with it and even thrive just in a different way than they were expecting. Anyway, no pressure to read this on the show as it's a personal topic for you both. Much love. Elena, you know we were going to read it. We have no <laughs> we have no shame about this, first of all. And I really like this reading, by the way. I'll start by saying that. I do too. And I was going to say... Um, it's a little bit broader than, well, I guess not. I was going to say it's a little bit broader than being queer because not everyone's queer, but I actually argue that most people actually are and yeah. we're finding that out very quickly. Absolutely. Um, but I was saying it's a little broader because I think everybody does struggle with a different mental illness because we're all freaking inbred at this point anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, so, but I also think many people struggle with trauma and yes. which of course causes mental illness. And so, 
Some of it isn't necessarily a genetic mental illness. I think that is probably the biggest, I don't know, it's going to say contender. It's not the right word. The biggest whatever factor factor, I guess, is that like trauma is something that everybody does experience and doesn't yeah. get to deal with. And for a very long time, we were told by society, like, just deal with it. It's not like those feelings. Just push them down. I feel like that's changing a lot, even in the past couple of years, like very Oh, recently. our generation is like right on top of that. Yeah, we're like, yeah, we're like, not doing no. this intergenerational trauma shit anymore. And also like <laughs> so, we're going to actually name it trauma and talk about things that have happened and like how we move through that. So there's that piece of it where it's like, yeah, this is a broader way to think about the mutant metaphor. And I like that a lot. I mean, we've we've talked about that a lot in terms of like as the metaphor, when it works, when it doesn't work, whether queerness is like a more logical metaphor. Sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. But I, I do like the idea of, I mean, sometimes it's just neurodiversity, like like just having a different kind of brain. And I like that a lot of language has changed to just be like about neurodiversity and being like people have different brains and like it's not just a mental illness. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I'm an ADHD person. That doesn't mean that I have something wrong with me. It's just like, that's the way my brain works. You know what I mean? I don't know. I I like that that's changed. Yeah. But I think for a long time that was, it's, I mean, if, especially if you look at the context to this conversation, I mean, ADD and ADHD, if you had it like in the nineties, early two thousands, it meant like a totally different thing. It meant that like, yeah, that that person's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and like they can't focus. They're really not going to go anywhere in life because like they're too distracted. Instead of just like looking at people's brains and being like, okay, but like what? What are the gifts that they have because they think this way? Yeah, I like, know. There are many things that I feel like I can do better than other people because I think this way. Well, I, I think for a long time, the way we looked at it was not healthy at all. And I, I say this as somebody who I like, I have a number of friends who have been on disability for most of their lives just because they, for whatever reason, they have a mental illness that does impact the way that they work, but have since, you know, gone through therapy and mm-hmm. therapy has and been a huge help in stuff. helping them. Yeah. Right. And I, and like also figuring out how, what they can do to manage their own brains mm-hmm. um, and finding jobs that do work yep. and make them happy. Yep. I mean, like, I think that is, what the difference is here a little bit is that, like, I agree that the metaphor works. Especially in this conversation, it works really well. Yes. Right. So, I mean, I guess, I mean, that's the cool thing about the X-Men, right? Because, like, remember we were talking about the Morlocks and we had different listeners that were trans mm-hmm. write in and talk about how they really agreed with the Morlocks perspective yeah. and the whole like we can't, we, pass, we can't pass and, like, we deserve to have a community where we all right. feel safe and not ashamed of how we look or whatever it is. Yeah. I really like that. The X-Men does a lot of stuff. It does. And it's it's cool to have a sci-fi story that has that much reach in terms of what kinds of things it can say. Yeah. And the anime is really good. Like, honestly, I remember really liking this conversation as a queer metaphor. I like it as a mental illness metaphor or a trauma metaphor. I mean... It really works on a lot of levels and just like kind of speaks to a human experience of, you know, growing up as a teenager and meeting an adult or meeting like a couple of adults who are like, I went through what you're going through. I really know how hard it is and you got this and I can talk you through it and I'm here for you when you're really struggling. And that's that's like a cool story. I don't know. I agree. I agree. And I think that it's something that like works across the board. I don't think it's 
necessarily queer coded or yeah even mentally illness coded or like uh whatever type of marginalization you want to yeah it's just kind of a a thing that a lot of different people can relate to and i think that's like a real strength of the anime yeah i agree and x-men from the 90s as well as we've talked about many times oh yeah of course uh moving on to part two here uh, she said, I feel like the scene in this week's episode where the mutant kid melted slash crystallized yeah. and died was a direct callback to the Senator Kelly is dead scene from X-Men yeah. 2000. That time, only Storm and the audience were the ones to be traumatized by melting Senator Kelly. But in the anime, everyone else gets PTSD <laughs> while Storm is busy having a robot make her hot chocolate. <laughs> I think that's only fair considering that she went through what she went through in the first movie. That's Good for fair. her on skipping on that. <laughs> She did include the two <laughs> pictures back to back, and it really does seem like It's very like similar, that. yeah. I totally forgot that that scene happens in a medical lab where Storm is watching. It's like in the X-Men's medical lab in the movie. Yeah. I just had totally forgotten about that. I think it's a cool concept that maybe they pulled from that and did like a little a little throwback to the X-Men movies at that time. I also think that the anime was definitely influenced by the X-Men movies, not in a bad way at all. Like it, it feels like there are a lot of really core similarities in terms of the characterization, like the motorcycles and Wolverine and, and Cyclops is dynamic and everything like that is very similar. I already forgot about the transformer, micro, uh, transformer microphones, the transformer motorcycles. Yeah, God, <laughs> how could you forget that? I don't know what happened to those motorcycles. Were they just on the ship? I don't when know. The... They just kind of disappeared. I feel like maybe, maybe sublime destroyed them and we both forgotten about that. I don't know. They really stopped driving the motorcycles. After the first three there were so many things happening. Oh my God. All right. So part three here is two images, which I'm going to send you. Great. And she was just, going on about the anime and she says one i don't know where beast's obsession with squids came from i don't remember that in the comics but he is reading a squid book in the You're opening right. credits which i did not notice until this. right now so elena has taken a screenshot of the book that beast reads in the <laughs> opening credits which is science <laughs> of decanadiforms which i guess is the name of squids i possibly pronouncing that wrong his fingers covering uh, the full name of whatever squid is. And it's got a bunch of pictures of squids on the cover. Yep. I mean, I guess it's because he's been developing or breeding these hyper-intelligent squids in like his his free time in this class that he's teaching, which is yeah, like, like, what why? is he doing? I don't, I don't know. know. I, by the way, I was thinking about that when we were like in the episodes where he was so angry at uh, Yui Sasaki. I was like, Beast, you are genetically modifying squids. Like, <laughs> I feel like you're kind Beast is like, of... I don't ever genetically modify anybody. Yeah, Beast is like, I would never do anything bad. And I'm As like... he's like injecting it into himself and he's and like... And the squids at home. And it's like, okay, yeah. well, the squids seem happy. It seemed intelligent and happy with its life and like being Beast's coworker and everything. So I guess it's fine. But like... It was kind of funny that Beast was like, it's horrible to experiment on unknowing subjects. And I'm like, oh, you mean like an innocent squid? <laughs> like, come on, Beast. But it's very Beast, actually, to do that. And to be like, well, what I'm doing is different. And so it's fine. <laughs> I like kind of forgot that he was genetically altering squids at the beginning of the show. I know, because it doesn't, doesn't come, up, come again. up again. It's just like a one note joke in one, the very first episode, and it never is referred to again. And everyone's like, this is kind of weird and horrifying, but you immediately forget because Dr. Sasaki is like, don't worry. Everything I'm else be the is worst so much human more being in the. Yeah, I, Jesus Christ. All right, so the other piece of this is that she writes, two, Wolverine travels economy class and took a screenshot of his 
airline ticket when all his clothes are off at the fucking Yeah, where he was ripping airport. his clothes off at the airport. He has an economy class ticket. Of course he does. <laughs> of course he does. Do you think the X-Men make good money? There's no way they do. I don't know. I mean, like, they probably do offer Logan to, like, take the Blackbird or whatever. They'd be like, okay, we'll help you. And Logan's like, no, I gotta go on my own. And you're like, I don't know. It's fucking Logan. I think, well, because he's going to Madripoor. Oh, that's, that's true. That's what it says. It says from L.A. to Madripoor. So apparently he's in L.A. I don't know why. Yeah. Because it's gay out there. Yeah, you're right. What am I saying? <laughs> He's like <laughs> looking for Sabretooth. Yeah. Be like, we're our destiny. Okay, hold on. There's one follow up where she says, What traveling woes do you think Wolverine hates the most about airplane travel? Oh my God. Crying babies, no alcohol allowed. <laughs> At least he doesn't have to worry about not enough leg room. That's. <laughs> <laughs> oh okay, God. honestly, good for Logan because that, that is, is the, the worst, worst part. part yeah. For me personally, I don't, you have little I don't legs, mind Maddie. it. I have little legs, but I, I mind the lack of elbow room. And I bet Logan is, he's a wider person than me. So I'm sure he notices that. Okay. Plane travel sucks. Okay. So I bet Logan hates the food, hates his ears popping, probably hates crying babies, but like it's Logan. So he kind of likes kids at the same time. Also, what, what? Plane doesn't have alcohol. I don't think that yeah, works. Yeah, planes have think- alcohol. And he absolutely <laughs> would be ordering whiskeys. Yeah. I feel like I have now bought into this sense that Logan hates air travel because it's in every adaptation. And it's not on the comics. But like in every adaptation we ever read, he's always like, oh, I'm so airsick. Okay, it's crazy, though, because that is something from X-Men 2000. And it's stupid because so many other... like incarnations of logan that we've watched in these cartoons is him like on a plane jumping out of the plane even when they tell him not to do that yes and like Ugh. like the hulk verse that episode with like the wendigo and hulk yeah, he just like jumps, jumps out, of the, out plane. of the fucking plane i don't know why he does that and then like, he jumps out of the plane in the movie hulk versus as well he jumps out both times he's I like i gotta logan jump actually out. has a problem with air travel i think I mean, maybe the big, I think you're right that Elena, that the crying babies might make him crazy because it's just a whole lot of noise. Yeah. Like he's got those super sensitive ears. Yeah. Oh my God. And the smells. Oh, he would hate that. Yeah. Like I feel like that would be the parts that would, that would make him crazy. I mean, they, I feel like Logan can't even make it onto a plane. Like this is probably his first time buying a plane ticket and trying to get on a plane normally because it's like, how the fuck does he get through security? It's never explained. No, I don't know. For some reason, he takes off all of his clothes. But he is, he's full of metal. Like, how would he ever get on a plane? I don't know. We talked about this on the episode, but I was like, people have metal in their bodies. Like, And why wouldn't he just say that? Why wouldn't he just be like, yeah, I've, I've had a lot of bone problems. And because, because you can, you can walk through, like if you're at the airport and yeah, you're at the TSA and you're about, you walk over and say, hey, uh, there's metal all inside my body, so I need to do a pat down and they'll do a pat down. But instead, so. Logan just takes off all of his clothes and doesn't understand why that's not good enough because it's Logan. I don't know. I feel like Logan is a great candidate for a Snakes on a Plane sequel. So, <laughs> <laughs> And it's like still Samuel L. Jackson, but he's just Nick Fury this time. But like that's the entire same plot. Okay, that would be actually really hilarious if it's like Logan and Nick Fury. That would be great. <laughs> that should be how they introduce Wolverine to the MCU is snakes on a plane. Just yeah, same film, but Wolverine's in it now. Well, that'd be great. Like this this new mashup. Yep. All right. Um, we have another message here from, I believe, the Discord because it's from somebody who is listed as the guy who likes Beast too much. Um, <laughs> That's their name? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh I was wondering if you guys can make an animated adaptation of any run of the X-Men, what which would you choose? Hmm. 
What which would you choose? What which would I choose? Um, <laughs> just like I'm like, let me put in every word here and try and say that sentence again. God, okay, this is this is hard because it's like anything. I've got an answer already. Okay, great. Go, you go first, and I'll keep thinking. I was thinking a lot about this after I saw this this come in yesterday. Mm-hmm, like it was mm-hmm. one of the last messages we got, um, and I was thinking a lot about how much I love Young Justice. Oh, um, yeah. I don't know. How, how much did you watch of Young Justice? Did you watch Young Justice? I think I watched all of it. I think I watched all of it. I, I mean, there's new seasons now, but... Oh, well, yeah, I haven't seen those, but I at the time yeah. I watched all of it and the bad finale and everything. I remember that. Well, I remember the first season, like number one and two. I was like, this would be such a great show with the new mutants. Yeah. And then like kind of follow the same trajectory of... Uh, Young Justice, where like as the seasons continue, like later generations of these sidekicks come in because the sidekicks in the first season are like all the OG, very early on sidekicks of characters like Batman. So we have like Robin mm-hmm. and Kid Flash and stuff like that. And then as it continued, it brought in sort of like more modern characters. So I thought it'd be really cool if we had New Mutants as like the center, like the OG New Mutants as the center of this like kind of dark teenager show mm-hmm. and then you know it does a time jump similar to young justice where that you now have new mutants and gen x is here mm-hmm. and then you the third season it kind of hops forward again you get into like the early era 2000s grant morrison's new x-men that's because that's what the new mutants were called which are now being trained by the og new mutants that's like laura's generation when she was one of the kids the students yeah and then you go further further down the line when you have like armor and pixie and like a and rock slide and just keep on going down and keep on adding in because one of the good things that worked really well about young justice is that it really got to focus on these like sidekick characters and we got to really relate to them because it's a, you know it's a teenager so like you get to see the deal with their teenage bullshit and be superheroes but like it wasn't like batman superman wonder woman and flash and you know all those other mainstay Justice League characters weren't on the show and they weren't like delineated down to cameos either. Like they were pretty present and would come in and out like pretty regularly. Like it's almost like you're like, okay, so that's the Justice League. Those are those characters, but you have to go watch their show to see what's going on with them. Mm -hmm. But they still had like a heavy presence on the show. So like, yeah, we wouldn't be spending time with all the mainstay X-Men, but we'd frequently see like Scott and Jean. I think characters like Logan would be on there a lot because he'd probably be training the kids mm-hmm. and like Beast would be teaching them. And they probably have like Kurt and Bobby be like babysitter role, like kind of equivalent to Shazam and Red Tornado. Yeah. So I think I think that would work really well. And it would be kind of like X-Men Evolution in a lot of ways because it would be like Logan's the teacher but he's not really like a main character on the show. Yeah, I thought about that too. It's like specifically Logan and Hank, but grittier, like, you know, and I I just, I think having like the new mutants be the center of that. And like, even though we're adding in characters as the show goes on, still being like, well, how do they relate? And like, you know, we're still paying attention to them primarily, but now there's all these other characters. Emma would be huge on that show because she would be, fucking leading the Hellions in season one. And then you do a time jump and she would be like in charge of Gen X and working with the new mutants and be like, wait, what happened? Like end of season one, like her fucking students die and then suddenly like Emma's on mm-hmm. the other side. Like, I don't know. I think it'd be some really interesting shit to write. So yeah, I mean, it's basically just an adaptation of some really good X-Men comics. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, because like that whole era is good, whether it's like Phalanx or Demon Bear or whatever. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I figured you were going to say Phalanx Covenant at some point because like that's such a cool visual to to do. So having an animated version of it is. I think that would make a really cool MCU movie or TV show mm-hmm. down the line. So, and I'm sure we'll probably get that, but like. I think that's the one that the Wachowski sisters should direct is like the Phalanx Covenant. I think they'd be really good at that. Yeah, that'd be really cool to see. I think that's a great answer. I probably can't top it, but I'll just give an honorable mention to like, it'd be cool if there was like an animated origin Mystique show, because I feel like doing Mystique in live action is so expensive. It involves all this makeup. It's really hard for the actors who've had to do it. And like in animation, you can do anything with transformations and have it look really cool. So... I just feel like that'd be fun to have like a historical fiction show about Mystique in like the Victorian times and like meeting Irene and and doing shenanigans. Like maybe it's a movie, maybe it's a show, I don't know. But I just think it'd be cool to have more Mystique shows or Mystique content. I agree. And you can kind of see her past with Destiny and be like, oh, we were in love. Okay, but also like it'd be cool, Maddie, if it led into eventually her and Destiny adopting Rogue. Mm -hmm. That would be cool. But also you could just have it never get there and you could just have them like solving mysteries and like meeting fucking Sherlock Holmes. Okay, they were literally doing that as... I know, it's like why... <laughs> Sherlock, Sherlock Holmes, Holmes I cannot X-Men believe now. that happened. I I will never get over the day I read that and immediately screen capped it. And sent it, it to me. Sent it to Maddie. I was like, Mystique is literally Sherlock Holmes. Insane. Just <laughs> insane. The most silly thing ever. Maddie was like, I... I don't even... I still oof. don't even know how to process that. Like, I'm just like, why would that even be in there? But um, yeah, I don't know. Sherlock Holmes is a mutant or something now, I guess. I don't know. Um, So yeah, that's my answer okay. to that. This is... I just realized this is very similar to what we just talked about. Um, But this next email, I'll read it anyway. It's mm-hmm. from I Love Jamie Braddock, who writes... Sorry if this has already been answered, but something I'm curious about is, do you think that the mutant metaphor works as a good way to talk about bigotry? Mm. Like, I definitely can see myself as a cis gay man in the mutant metaphor at certain points, but I feel like at other points it sort of completely flops on its face. Like, I'm sure the legacy virus was made with good intentions as an allegory for HIV, but the fact that it has been cured, I feel like makes it sort of a flop as stigmas around HIV I feel as in, has been installed with me with some internalized homophobia that I am trying to get past, which I haven't really seen in the X books so far. Mm-hmm. And while I think that it's great that the metaphor is incredibly fluid, I feel like in almost every reading, it's going to crumble a bit. So this kind of goes back to what we were just talking about from Elena's um, email. Yeah, We were kind of praising how the mutant metaphor works really well in so many different ways. But this argument is saying that it does work well, but then pieces of it doesn't. And I think, I know what you're going to say, Maddie, because you always go to this, you're like, it works great until you're like, gay people are also guns. So <laughs> Yeah, I know. I, I mean, it works great until you think about the fact that we don't have superpowers from being gay or from being mentally ill. I mean, like... What are you talking about? I have superpowers from being gay. I mean, we kind of do. That's that's like the counterpoint is that it's like, yeah, actually, we kind of do. But um, in the sense that we're like way cooler and better than straight people. <laughs> but it's <laughs> sorry, straights. <laughs> it's just, you know what I'm saying, though? Like, we're not guns. We don't need to be like controlled in that type of way. And it's sort of an interesting metaphor because in real life, people do think about queerness as something that needs to be controlled where it's like, oh, you know, we can't let 
drag queens do readings at public libraries because then kids might get infected by thinking that they're trans or something or like gender nonconforming. Yeah, I mean, that is the literally the most present fight that's actually happening in real time. If we're going to timestamp when this yeah, episode is I coming mean, out, it's like that it's is just I don't know, like the war on gender nonconformity of any kind, which ultimately affects yeah, even cis gay people because it, it, it it's any form of of irregular gender performance well we're also i mean it's that and it's also we're going back to we don't want kids to even question their sexuality yep. in certain states yep. that's like a whole thing that's happening right now yeah it it's is really and it's it sort of presents shit. gay people and queer people as, as something that needs to be controlled in the same way that like the way the x-men are described where it's like oh you might catch the gay if you hear about it like as though it's there's a power of suggestion you might you might think that you too are a drag queen or trans yeah. if you see one in I know. real life and it's, and like, it's like um no actually your kid was gonna figure that out no matter what but showing them like adults who are happy being gender non-conforming and like expressing themselves might actually be a good thing but whatever i'm getting off track my point oh is- my god <laughs> no but you know what maddie i gotta i gotta tell you because i saw somebody post a meme to one of their like instagram stories and i don't i can't, i don't have it now so i'm trying to like remember the quote offhand you're trying to recreate the meme yeah no okay. but it was like saying something along the lines of you can't control somebody and whether they're going to be trans or gay or not but what you can't control is if they're going to continue to be like be in your life later on in life and yep. they don't leave yeah that is <laughs> very true you can control whether they're going to be happy and whether they're going to be willing to talk to you after they come out of the closet yeah yeah i know but i mean going back to the original point of this um yeah i mean i do think there's a lot of places where it flops because like the the only reason for that i think is because specifically the mutant metaphor has to encompass like so many different points Mm -hmm. of marginalization, even though it is largely based off of queer rights. Yeah. And I think HIV is also like a really like interesting um, metaphor to use because obviously, I mean, it's still around and the AIDS epidemic has, is not what it was in the eighties. And like, and there are treatments for it now too. And, and so it's not a cure per se, but there are really good treatments and living with, AIDS or HIV is so much better. Right. And that's, I mean, that's a whole thing. And I've, I have watched TV shows where there'll be like uh, one gay that's a little bit younger than somebody else that's a little bit older and they just can't even like understand where one's coming from because somebody's taking a pill versus like using a condom or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like, that's a big theme in a lot of gay shows right now is like sort of like the differences between those two generations. Yeah. And like younger, younger queer people like being astounded by the way that it used to be and how many people died i know died because of negligence too i mean it's infuriating i would love okay so honestly what i would love to see more of i mean it does happen in x-men comic books because they're they're all over this and there but like maybe in the tv shows is having like sort of more politicians or people of power who are doing what they did with that thing like so the legacy virus and all that shit like like it needed more of um like somebody like Senator Kelly or whoever Trask being like, no, you don't understand. It's the mutants who are like causing this and mm-hmm. like, they're going to infect you. They did. They did do it in X-Men TAS. I thought that they worked did. really well. And, but I feel like what they didn't close the loop on is kind of the current day that this letter writer is describing where it's like, well, where was the evolution of the treatment of that virus and these viruses? And what, how was that dealt with in the world of mutants do you know what i mean like were there politicians who were like look i'm not a mutant but like we got to treat this virus and like here's why like there wasn't anything sort of equivalent to that and i feel like it's been kind of cool in the krakoa era to see 
so many political storylines. Like that was kind of like my favorite part about the launching of Krakoa was that it was so political explicitly right out of the gate where it was like, okay, like what would it really be like if mutants founded this country? And like, what would that, how would other politicians react like around the world? And those storylines I think are so cool and are like such a cool way to ground both the actual existence of mutants in that world and also the metaphors that would translate out from it and like our extrapolations to the real world. I don't know. I mean, it's not it's not perfect by any means, but I do think that it is still such a cool storytelling device. And when it works, it's so awesome. <laughs> it's like so worthwhile. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it's like ultimately better most of the time than it is bad, at least in my opinion. Like there's certainly times it doesn't work, but yeah. I also feel like there isn't another piece of media that even like does this as well. Like there'll be some pieces of media that will like get a little into marginalization, but like the mm-hmm. X Men, like when the Inhumans were kind of like the metaphor for like immigration, or, like and even stuff, like or... sort of metahumans in the DC universe. Yeah, like, I mean whatever superhero read you want to do, or even if it's not a superhero read, I do think that like I've not found anything that is even comparable to what the X Men has been doing for decades at this point you know i know and it's it's so cool i mean like they really have come up with so many different ways to tell this story that work really well i mean i i think i shared it in the mutant ages discord but like julie muncie was tweeting about (laughs) the x-men in relation to like the trans bills that have been trying to be passed where somebody was like writing some stupid tweet being like what if trans people could just take a pill that would make them prefer to be their assigned gender at birth. And Julie was like, this is what every X-Men storyline is about. Like, it's about how, like, nobody would ever want to do that. (laughs) Because, like, this identity is a part of who you are, and it would change absolutely your entire personality and sense of self. So, like, why would you take a pill to become a completely different person? That's, like, a useless question. Yeah, I know. Um, And I'm just like, it's, it's cool that, like, even in modern political times, people will still use the X-Men and be like, here's why you're wrong. Read a fucking X-Men comic. And I'm like, I that's true, though. Like, that's true. I don't know. So I still think it's useful as um, a storytelling device. I, I do, too. Okay. Uh, next email here is from Anna, and she writes... Hi, folks. Based on both your episode and most recent Christmas episode, this must have been a little while back... Uh, if you had to pick any X-Men other than Storm to be in charge of your wardrobe, who would you choose? After you guys brought it up, I thought about it and realized that Storm is probably the best member of the team to manage the other's outfits. There are probably a few members of the team that shouldn't be trusted to dress themselves. I think that's like literally Scott. Like Scott like has to be dressed by somebody else. Anyway, thank you, Anna. Um yeah. Are you going to say know, Emma cuz I feel like she'd be so mean. Like Emma's the right answer, but like I don't want Emma to go through my closet. <laughs> Emma, Emma has what's his name do all her her dress yeah. the guy with the four arms. Yeah, that oh what's my that guy's God. name? Because they they killed him off. Jumbo Carnation. Yes, Jumbo Carnation. They killed Carnation. him off and then they brought him back in the Krakoe era and like retconned that he died because they were like, We want him to be here. <laughs> I mean they didn't retcon that they died. They resurrected him like everybody else on Krakoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you you know what I mean. Like the writers were yeah. like, let's bring back this old character that was like clearly a gay man from the past and like make him actually gay (laughs) but yeah so she that's true but i still feel like emma has incredible taste and would like look at somebody's closet and be like oh my god this is all wrong you know like it oh 100 would be also okay hold on 
Betsy is canonically, she used to be a fashion model yes, at one point. Yes, Betsy. So like that Oof. is another good person to have come and do your wardrobe. And she, and the comics has worn some like pretty cool shit too. So I don't know. Don't like Gambit or Jean dress you because they both are wearing fucking weird ass shit. Like Gambit's like, my look is like a fucking like latex suit. Yeah, I wouldn't around go with Around my Jean face either. and a trench coat over it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Jean is one of those people who's like naturally very beautiful. So she just wears stupid outfits and like nobody notices it. But like she has no taste at all. If she was a teenager, she'd be shopping at fucking like Forever 21 or whatever. Yeah, God, she's extremely basic. Um, um, and Cyclops is too, and Logan is his own entire problem. Logan dresses like a lumberjack, and also his clothes are made of like I don't know glue. Like, yeah, I <laughs> don't they know. They don't really stay I... together. Yeah, <sighs> North Star, another probably good example of somebody who knows how to dress people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, I'm going on a limb here. I mean, he is gay. Not that all gay men know how to dress themselves, but he definitely is like one of those gays that like that is does. always clean. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's always looked crisp in whatever he's wearing, so he would be super helpful. Mm-hmm. Boom Boom. Yeah, Boom Boom would be a great shopping partner. Boom Boom would actually probably be the best person. to. T- I think my answer is going to be Boom Boom because she would be the person that wants to take you shopping and is also going to be like a lot of fun. And speaking from somebody who's like has a couple friends that are like almost identical to Boom Boom and personality and that I shop with, they have always had the best fashion choices and given me excellent fashion advice. So mm-hmm. my while answer still being is Boom really Boom. kind and supportive of the more offbeat choices that you want to make, I feel like I don't know if Boom Boom's going to be nice about. Well, that. she might be like, okay, like you really want to wear that T-shirt? Let's find a way to work with that. You know, <laughs> yeah, like okay, I feel that... like she would be cool with that. Oh, she would be. She would be. She's like, she's like that T-shirt's all wrong. Let me just rip it up and. And by rip it up, I'm gonna throw some bombs at it, and then now it's damaged. You're gonna back. <laughs> and so, like now, it looks really cool. I would like rip the sleeves off or whatever. You know, like she would find a way to make it work, or be like, let's cut it into a tube top or something. Yeah, right. She would help you look really cool, even if you have like a shirt that doesn't look good on you. I love Boom Boom. What a, what a good answer. I, I I like where we're like Jumbo Carnation. I'm like actually, I Boom Boom this. is the way to go. I don't want I don't want Emma or Jumbo Carnation. I mean, maybe they can like dress me for a fucking formal event. Yeah, they're like Hellfire club is coming up and they want to create some crazy ass shit that everyone's gonna wear Mm -hmm. so like you know if we're accepting the award for you know all the mcu content that we're gonna be hired to write and we're gonna win emmys yeah oh that's right for the weapon x tv show yeah 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 yeah. so when when we're dressing for the (laughs) emmy awards red carpet then we're gonna get emma's help and jumbo carnation's help but when we're just dressed for day to day we want to you know go to the mall with boom boom that makes perfect sense to me yeah right like literally she's our she's always saying that she wants to do a good mall crawl she said an x-men evolution Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, so let's move on to another question. We only have a couple left. Great. This has been a little... I know. Maddie likes this. She's like, cool. We're actually... Well, Ryan, we've already been recording for 51 minutes, so... Shh, no. Anyway, <laughs> read the next question. Okay, the next question is from Golgarafield, who writes, Hi, Ryan and Maddie. I've been listening for a couple years now, and I love your podcast. It always puts me in a good mood, and has helped reinvigorate my X-Men fandom. I've been a patron for a while, but kind of a lazy Patreon person, and I don't check the bonus content much. So today I went through and checked all of it, and I saw that it looks like you've not done an episode on Doom Patrol. So my question is, would you consider doing a bonus episode on Doom Patrol? I finished two seasons of it, and I think you all might like the show. There are some great thematic elements and truly, truly bizarre fantastic elements. I would love to hear what you think about it. If not, that's okay. There's lots of things to watch and do, and everyone is busy. I've really been enjoying your X-Men anime episodes. It's so nice after the slog that was Wolverine and the X-Men. Slog. (laughs) Anyway, I hope you're both having a great day. 
signed Will Garfield. I have not seen Doom Patrol, but it has been on my to-watch list for a long time. So there's yeah, that. And the same. other thing that I think Ryan watches, but I haven't yet, is The Boys, uh, which I would like to check out. No, I have not watched The Boys. It's that is they're both on my queue list. Mm-hmm. I think it's more likely I'm going to see Doom Patrol first. Yeah, because... me too. Because The Boys is like violent, and I know some spoilers, and I'm just like, when when am I going to be in the mood for that? Clearly, I don't give a shit about that. I was just going to say I've been finishing Titans, and I'm waiting for yes. them to drop the finale of the series, which you've talked about on the show before. So people know you like Titans. I really enjoy Titans. I would love to. What I would love to do here on our show is do Patreon episodes on both the live action Titans show and then the old Teen Titans show because those were both I mean yeah I rewatched Teen Titans a few years ago like just a couple years ago and was like wow this is still really good I mean I started to watch it again after watching live action Titans which I I think some of our listeners don't like Titans as much as I do which is fine Mm -hmm. I really enjoy it I think it's one of the better takes that DC has made that's been live action I mean they've had a lot of bad ones (laughs) So. No, I think I think it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, you know, I I know that Raven's a little weird in the first couple seasons, but I I kind of am here for it because she kind of grows into the Raven that we know and love mm-hmm. over over the seasons, which I think works for that character. But yeah, I don't know. I've really enjoyed it and I've wanted to watch Doom Patrol because I don't know if you know this Maddie, but Doom Patrol first had one episode on Titans where they pick up Beast Boy, oh. and then they got a spinoff from that. I feel like I remember multiple people recommending the show to me when it was on, um, and I was like, oh, yeah, I should check that out, and then I totally forgot about it. Wait, hold on. I'm reading something really crazy now. I've, I opened up the Doom Patrol Wikipedia, and I'm now getting distracted because it's saying something about the X-Men. The series creator and fans have suspected that Marvel Comics copied the basic concept to create the X-Men, which debuted a few months later. Okay, that's not how it would have worked, though, because like they would have both been in production at the same time. Whatever. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. I do want to watch Doom Patrol because I've I really liked what I saw in that one episode, and the characters were really I mean they were really really wacky. Yeah, like I Maddie, it's and it's I still would actually, it's still on. I somehow thought it was over, got canceled, but it's actually still airing currently. Well, now it is now because HBO has decided to like cancel all DC properties, <sighs> and they're like it just doesn't like match with our new like sure. like whatever fuck off anyway but um maddie i actually do think you specifically would really like doom troll i know that you'll love titans because you love teen titans anyway so like i don't need to sell you on that but of the two shows i actually think you might like doom patrol more because there's like weird robot cyborg people in it Mm -hmm. there's like a lady who's like face keeps falling apart because she's made of like elastic or something it's like really some strange shit so yeah i think i would dig it a lot i think cyborg is literally on that show too like there's more than one robot person (laughs) yeah no robots on um teen titans though so you're gonna have to just deal with like weird gay aliens instead Mm, i like gay aliens too though so that's fine yeah right okay so the next email from Tol Gregel Tor, Tor, I can never pronounce this this person's name. It's the one that's T O L T O L G R E G O R T O L. Remember, I try making you. Yeah, say I know, and I like, I don't know how to say it any more than you do. I feel like they appeared in my Twitch at one point and like spelled it out for me, and I still don't remember. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, okay, so the question is, what are your thoughts on the whole Chimera thing? What character combinations would you want to see? What character combinations would be terrible and hope you never happen? And Maddie, I don't think you are like... <laughs> this, is a, this is a comic book thing that's happening currently, I assume? No, it was... Okay, so it's in two pieces. I pulled up the Wikipedia page because I know what the Chimera thing is, but I had a feeling that you might 
need a refresher because it's from very early on in the Krakoa stuff. So real quick, in Moira's ninth life, the population levels of mutants reached a crisis point, which combined with the strain of never-ending war against the machines that led mutant leadership to approve the creation of sinister breeding pits on Mars, in which Mr. Sinister focused on creating mutant soldiers with specific power sets. Um, After the successful development of the first generation of clones, which created simple copies from unaltered DNA to be used as cannon fodder. The second generation led to the creation of chimeras with X genes that combined the power sets of two separate mutants. Mm -hmm. The third generation chimeras were even more powerful, combining up to five different X genes. However, the fourth generation of Omega-based chimeras were a colossal failure, which destroyed 40% of the remaining mutants population, caused the fall of the mutant nation of Krakoa and ended in the destruction of sinister breeding pits. And so... It has recently come back in The Sins of Sinister, which I just started reading. I'm finally caught up to Sins of Sinister, and which in his timeline where Sinister has succeeded in corrupting the Quiet Council, he's also like genetically manipulated like everybody on Earth. Uh, so he has all these chimeras back. So the chimeras are back. But basically, it came up at the beginning of like the Krakoa era where Moira was talking about how there was all these like different fucking chimeras in that generation that Mr. Sinister was successful in. It would combine like two characters' powers together mm-hmm. or three characters' powers together. And I guess the question is like which ones would we want to see, find interesting, or which ones we would think would be too catastrophic? Like, where does Mr. Sinister excel and where does he go wrong? <laughs> I know. I'm I'm looking at some of the old art of the chimeras. I had totally forgotten about this. Um, but of course it would come back because it's a fascinating concept. So I get why Sense of Sinister is like, let's talk about chimeras again. Like it's such a fanfic premise. <laughs> I mean, like it's Gill like, and he's like, I okay, like this. So let's go back. My my beauty has the powers of Quentin Quire, Colossus, Shadow Cat, Wolverine, and Udis the Untouchable. Oh my god, that's and- <laughs> way too many people. <laughs> Okay, well, let's stick to like two (laughs) or three. You're like, I'm just gonna like list everybody. I'm I'm listing off the description of Rasputin the Fourth, a third generation Chimera. I didn't make up that list. Oh yeah, people love Rasputin the Fourth, person who has a bunch of crazy fucking powers. Um, but yeah, I so so we need to pick some combinations of of mutants. I mean. I feel like a combination of Storm and Magneto would be fucking cool because they already have the powers individually to like control an entire planet and its atmosphere and like fix it. And so I feel like combining those two would be really awesome and would basically just make this all powerful like Mother Gaia mutant who could just control a planet in a really cool way. I like way. that. That would be the name of the, the mutant. Though. Yeah, we that's what I'm coming up Mother with. Gaia. Her name's Gaia. Um, okay. What What's a combination that you can think of? I, I feel like going beyond two starts to become pretty fucking crazy. And it's like the mutant is just apocalypse at that point. And it's like, okay, great. They have every power. <laughs> you know? This is, this is like not really helpful. But what if we combine Gambit and Boom Boom and Jubilee? <laughs> Yeah, just to have the ultimate party party cat. <laughs> what? No, it's like it's like this this character literally is just a walking nuclear bomb at all times. That would be incredible. I <laughs> I can't. Although even Jubilee imagine. did go nuclear recently she on did. her own, she did, which but was like, great. She can't so. also like charge up things the way that Gambit can, and like throw bombs the way Boo Boo can't. So she would just have the ability to do more projectiles. Okay, hold on. If Katie were on the show, 
because I back when we wrote our fan fictions when we were teenagers, Katie would always mm-hmm. invent. She was these... always coming up with combinations. Well, yeah, yeah because she like would pair up these characters and then make them have babies. I don't know why Katie was obsessed with like making all these characters have babies because she hates children in real life. But so, it's a like, fun. You know, it's a fun fanfic premise though to be like I guess so, who would right. these characters combine to create? Yeah, I forget who Gambit. I don't. <laughs> So I, like at one point, like she had paired off like Gambit with somebody and like created a character that had Gambit's powers, but also was like telekinetic, mm-hmm. so he could charge things with like his mind, or she could. I think it was a girl that ended up having those two powers together. That's really cool, like long distance charging stuff. I like that. Yeah, I don't remember who he paired off with to have that child with like i don't know katie and i would just add characters and they would like appear i mean it's hard to imagine gene gray hooking up with gambit but i guess that combination would result in that well she's not the only telekinetic in the world so you never know yeah also this is mr sinister who's doing this so like these are like clones of people mm-hmm. who he's made fuck each other basically or he just genetically splices themselves so this is not like actual gene and gambit decided to like fuck around one day although who doesn't want to fuck around with gambit i feel like gene's missing out if she doesn't at least once you know yeah but i just can't see it for her she just it's hard to picture them <laughs> hooking up and how that would even go uh but yeah i i feel like it could also be kind of fun to combine the mutants who don't look human and just kind of be like, okay, combine like Warren with Nightcrawler and have like this angel devil creature. Actually, that would just be a lot of fun. Yeah, I just feel like that'd be cool. Um, Or like, you know, beast thrown in there and then it's like an angel devil creature who's also like a gargoyle. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it'd just be like a <laughs> Goliath from Gargoyles, but like fuzzier. Yeah, that's right. We're just, we're creating the gargoyles. Like, how, how do we <laughs> create the gargoyles? Mutants? Yeah. How do we, okay, that's a how great do question. we create um, gargoyles? I don't know. Colossus mixed with Warren. No, Goliath is too, too stable to be Archangel. Like, he's like, really calm <laughs> yeah i feel like I maybe the combination of of kurt beast and warren would actually be demona and not goliath <laughs> yeah right okay well that's kind of like on par with mystique but whatever mm-hmm. i don't know if there's a chimera that I can think of that like i wouldn't want to see together with those power sets because i mean any combination is fucking cool yeah right it sounds awesome all right final question uh I don't know who wrote this in initially. I'm sorry. When I took it, I wrote down it was from Slack. Uh, but obviously, we don't have a... Maybe it's from Todd? <laughs> it's not from Todd. Okay, It's like, <laughs> the question is about a Slack. And, like, I just didn't write down who on the Discord wrote that. I'm right. sorry. Yeah, good job, Ryan, across the board. I was like, got to write down this person's name and then promptly forgot. But I did not forget the question. So, the question is... Which X-Men get yelled at for being annoying in Team Slack? Arguing about stuff that doesn't matter, one <laughs> off topic comments, spammy memes, shit posting. Okay, so the X-Men who gets yelled at for being annoying in Team Slack is Snapshot, aka Ryan Pagella yep. within the Mutant Ages. <laughs> Who's constantly quote unquote joking about sending porn into the Slack. <laughs> and Todd and Maddie are like, what is happening? Like <laughs> And like that will also be like the one time Katie happens to check yeah, the Slack. Like she won't be in there for weeks at a time. And then she'll walk in and she's like, Why is everybody sending pictures of dicks? Like, what's happening? Yeah, I was that'll like, always that's just Katie's fate in life, unfortunately. 
<laughs> I thought this was um like a question like the answer is Jubilee. Or are we allowed to talk about our real Slack? I mean, clearly we've devolved into talking about our real no, Slack. No, no, it, it is it is about that. Uh, but oh my God, I don't remember what it was but i I okay boom boom would be obnoxious like canonically because she already has been Mm -hmm. so i don't know if you read the exterminators books yet but in the last one there's like a little chat thread like that's a text chat thread post exterminators yeah it's like and it's like fucking like spamming it's like boom boom spamming like this picture of a cat meme and they invite laura in there and laura's like who is this and boom boom keeps on responding with this cat meme so laura leaves the chat and dallas is like no you gotta add her back in here so like jubilee adds her in again and laura's like okay but for real what is this who is this and boom boom sends the meme again and laura leaves the chat again it's perfect it's perfect so, so i guess the answer is boom boom but i feel like jubilee would also constantly be talking and like lead speak as a joke and like you know sharing random shit i don't i don't feel like those people would be fun in chat personally of course I think he'd be annoying as fucking beast because he would just start like listing he's gonna be somebody that like, you're talking and then he hops in and starts writing these huge paragraphs that gets interjected in between like the other messages that are happening and he just keeps going yeah. and you're like nobody's reading this beast like stop writing all this shit <laughs> Like him and Forge, I do not want to be in a Slack chat with them. It's going to be like when I've been in those work Slack chats where there's two people sending like giant paragraphs at each other in a group Slack. And you're like, do is this actually relevant to me? And I have to read it to fucking find out. And most of the time, the answer is no. It's like, that's who I don't want to be in my Slack chat. Get the fuck out. Scott would probably also be really annoying. He would He'd be. probably be like everybody in to work i don't know like shut the fuck up scott yeah scott would be annoying because he wouldn't be any fun at all and would be like uh this channel's actually demarcated as being for mission briefings only so i'm actually gonna <laughs> turn off and jubilee and boo boo are putting beams in there yeah and, and like... he's like uh guys this isn't related to the mission so i'm actually gonna ban your ability to post in here like he would oh he would god. be like i need admin powers or else i'm not willing to be a part of this channel <laughs> oh my god so annoying I, although <laughs> I think Emma would be like a character who would come into Slack chat and kind of be kind of fun to watch her interact with people that are pissing people off or mm-hmm. pissing her off. And you're like, and she's like that one workmate who doesn't say much because she's too busy doing other shit. But when she has to pop in chat, everyone's like, oh, fuck, Emma's here. You're screwed. <laughs> Yeah, like she would just pop in with like a very well timed put down or yeah, like pithy uh, comment. 100%. Yeah. Um, I also think it would be hilarious to have Logan in Slack, oh, Slack chat because he's going to be like that one old person at the office who's like not understanding where they're fucking writing shit and puts it in the wrong Slack channels all the time. And yep. they will like put a question that's like not even meant for Slack into a Slack. Like it's like, like trying to send an email but puts it in slack instead and you're like what mm-hmm. the fuck are you or doing like, or you're just, but- <laughs> just him writing like coffee what is keurig keurig and like <laughs> misspells keurig like five different ways and he's just like entering that into the mission briefing chat <laughs> and cyclops is like logan this isn't google like what are you doing also, gambit's like- the one who's gonna be like me and like except like gambit's like putting porn in there all the time and like accidentally sending a picture of his dick and it was getting fired so like <laughs> but also it's like i mean is i haven't, I haven't done that part i guess just, i'm gonna clarify i have not done that in slack chat yeah ryan hasn't done that yet but gambit would be the person who comes in and is like you know i'm watching daddy hunt and it's really bad <laughs> i don't even know how like rogue would interact with slack honestly 
I feel like she wouldn't give a shit. I feel like she like really wouldn't use it. She'd be like, just fucking call me. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah, she know? would be like, Gambit, just read it and let me know what they're saying in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 100%. It's very funny to picture them using Slack at all because like, Anytime we've seen them use their communicators, it's hilarious. Like when Logan is like calling Beast 6,000 times. It's going to be like Logan in Slack chat. Be like, Beast, I'm out. At, I'm out. Like he'd be like in the mission, like yeah. in the group chat. Be like, Beast, I'm trying to give you the intel. Blah, blah, blah. They're like, Logan, why are you writing this here? Meanwhile, Sage is having to like delete his messages and be like, this is supposed to be in a private channel that they're not supposed to know about. Yeah, and she's like, Logan, this is classified information. And Logan is like, just got to the base. <laughs> <laughs> just killed the dude and we're like uh okay hold on i i feel so bad for sage and kate pride who both are probably the mods that have to manage this My shit god so. yes <laughs> it would be them yeah you know it would be meanwhile it's like cable and bishop would be popping in and like they wouldn't they'd just be listing something and be like what are they saying they're like oh shit the fucking time changed again and we're like what <laughs> like yeah what are you guys talking about <laughs> like nobody yeah. would even know that would be great jesus too. christ anyway so <laughs> that's that for listener mail <laughs> Thanks so much to everybody for writing in. You can always write in at themutantages at gmail.com or you can join our Discord at themutantages.com and post it into mm-hmm. the listener mail section on Discord. Yeah, so. and we don't have any voicemails this week, but you can leave a voicemail if you oh, like That's it. true. So normally I would put The Mutant Ages, the comic book here, but Ryan's actually sick this week, which means we didn't get to record the Dark Phoenix episode. And instead of taking a week off, I decided to just divide the listener mail into two eps. And I'm going to release The Mutant Ages, the comic book next week. And then after that, hopefully we'll be back on track with The Dark Phoenix. So uh, that was another episode that we did. And now it's time for plugs. It is time for plugs. TheMutantAges.com or MutantAges.com or ScienceScene.net. Those are all ways that you can get to our website. And it has so many places to contact us that you can go from there. We've got our email address listed, themutantages at gmail.com. Please write in, send us questions. Of course, we're going to be collecting those questions for the listener mailbag at the end of Wolverine, which is the next anime that we're going to watch. Uh, we've got a link to our Discord server. You can join up and we can you can talk about the episodes week to week. Also ask questions in there. We have a voicemail inbox, which is 1508-319-1668. And we have a P.O. box for physical mail, which we don't actually do listener mail on. We usually open that at our YouTube channel. And that is P.O. box 3344, Natick, Massachusetts, 01760. And we're also on every social media. Uh, You can send us questions on Twitter or Tumblr, I guess, or anywhere else you want to send us a question. We're on TikTok, Pinterest. I don't fucking know. (laughs) Tumblr was the one you went to. You're like, you know, like tumblr i'm like that's not the one i would use but sure yeah i mean I there like, is a way to send questions on there well so. you're right okay so we are everywhere facebook twitter instagram tumblr pinterest tiktok we don't post that often on tiktok um but i do think that of all those the best way to go right now has been twitter mm-hmm. and instagram those are kind of like the top tier i mean facebook's there too but i feel like those two are the ones that are widely used by people so. yeah yeah and we're also individually on those platforms. I'm at Mitty Myers on all of them, although I would say I use Twitter and Insta the most for now. Yeah, uh, I'm at Ryan Pagella on Twitter and Instagram. Um, it's also where my Twitch is at. And you can also check out The Mutant Ages on YouTube, where you can watch us play old X-Men video games. We did play the Wolverine NES game where you had to punch Sabretooth for a really long time until <laughs> yeah. he 
landed off a cliff and I cut that. So it's a much shorter watch for you guys, but Maddie and I literally played that for maybe an hour and a half, was trying was to punch crazy. Sabretooth. And it was, it was like, it was getting to the point where we were like holding our breath being when we were getting really close to defeating him. And we were like, are we going to And make like it? my hands are getting sweaty, yep, like on yep, the controller. Yep. Yeah. That was a good time. <laughs> yeah. There's so many video games on there that we've, we've played and talked about uh, that people can That's check right. out and watch along with us. But yeah, it's a good, it's a good time. So go subscribe over there and we'll bring you more content. And it's a good place to see the full cast of the Mutant Ages if you haven't like, listen to the christmas episode because whenever we have like a fundraiser we always get todd and the other rye and katie on here so mm-hmm. uh yeah there there you go there you go and we also there have you go there you go <laughs> i don't know i'm just, just repeating that uh which is patreon.com slash the meat and ages why are you saying oh like that because <laughs> <laughs> i remembered i have to pull you up remembered that, that we have a patreon uh I'm like, so oh oh we have a shit. patreon oh shit what my memories. Okay, but what can you get on the Patreon that we referenced in here? Well, you can get bonus episodes. Uh, we have yeah. so many bonus episodes. Not one on Doom Patrol yet, but we have watched a heck of a lot of other things. We've got bonus episodes on Marvel movies, DC movies, sci-fi movies, shows, basically anything we've watched. Like we'll whatever. try to record an app about it. And uh, we've also got a reward that we offer to our highest tier Patreon supporters, which is a shout out on the show that's right uh no voices today because it's just been an episode of crazy shit but <laughs> shout out to sam b samuel b i just said sam b i just decided to abbreviate the name yeah sam b sam b shout out to samuel b and soren b for being our top tier patreon supporters we super appreciate you guys we do. especially since you've been supporting us for a while now thank you so much but we're very grateful for all of our listeners we whether are. you support us on patreon or not or if you subscribe to just the show or to our social um, there's other ways you can support us. Uh, you can write a review. You can leave a review on any podcast listening app that you listen to the show on or share it with your friends. Mm-hmm. That's super helpful to do those things. So It is. Uh, I, don't, I don't understand how people write reviews on Spotify, but apparently you can do that. You question can. Mark. People have done it for us. And you can also leave ratings on there. People have been like, yeah, I've reviewed you on Spotify. I'm like, I don't even know how you do that yeah i don't know how to find it but it's on there uh and we appreciate it and i'm sure it helps people find the show and if you share the show with your own friends or with your enemies whoever you want to share it with that helps get the show get out there as well and we really appreciate that uh so thank you that's that that's been another episode of the mutant ages the mutant ages dot com and uh we'll see you next time with the dark phoenix movie Oh my God. Cannot wait to torture can't Todd with that one. Wait. I can't <laughs> Sorry, wait to see Todd. what happens. Said that with love. <laughs> see you next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye. The